Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Royal Strong and True Podcast. We are super pumped to be with you this week. It has been a tumultuous week for <laughs> BYU basketball and for BYU sports in general. We'll be recapping all the turnover at Coach, all the turnover at BYU basketball, and we'll be recapping the first week of the USFL. Woo! Before we go into the episode, make sure you follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Loyal2RoyalPod. Make sure you rate the show, share it with your friends, and download. Without further ado, let's get to it. Let's boo! Tigers. But that field judge on the far side is in their pocket, man. Go over here, that's right! Let's back this ruler. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Let's go wild, Let's man. Go, baby. Let's go. I didn't think that's the ball! <laughs> We're at a waterfall, dude! Oh, oh, oh. He put his butt! Not here! Go, 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 go! 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 Hello, friends, and welcome into another episode of your favorite podcast. This is Royal, Strong, and True. My favorite podcast. First things first, you may know it's coming, but. We need you to first grab some Febreze. Okay. okay. Second, get a broom, but not for sweeping. This oh. broom is for smacking your rugs to get the dust out of them. Oh, like yes. Like rugs. the dude in that one Joseph Smith video. That's exactly yes. what I was thinking. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Brother Joseph. Brother Joseph. <laughs> <laughs> Forgot about that video. <laughs> yeah, so get your brooms, but don't bother sweeping the floor with them. And lastly, get a sponge because we have some housekeeping. All right, first item of business. Uh, we're going to start with women's basketball. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, women's basketball head coach Jeff Judkins has hung up the sneakers, as you say, right? Mm, Is yeah, that the, uh-huh. the yeah. correct saying? Hung up his boots. Uh, yes, the boots. The, the boots. Uh, yeah, the boots. The Not sneakers. Yeah. 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 Okay. Jeff Juddy. Je- uh, Juddy's retiring after 21 years as a head coach. Women's basketball program. Really did amazing things. Absolutely did. BYU was in C- the NCAA tournament like every other year, it felt like. Always contending for a West Coast Conference championship. Um, unfortunately, this year didn't end quite as well as he would have hoped, but it was a great way to go out. He will always be remembered as one of the all-time greats in BYU basketball history. Mm-hmm. Jeff Judkins had an incredible career. He was successful throughout his entire career, put BYU women's basketball back on the map, had some key marquee wins over his over his tenure. We're going to miss him. Yep. Thank you, Jeff, for everything you've done. Oh, we actually did not write this down, but another coaching news, the BYU baseball coach stepped oh, down true. for personal reasons as well. Yeah, true. in the middle of the season. Air quotes around personal reasons. Mm. Yeah, we don't really know what that's <laughs> about. I don't know, maybe some... Um, I, I don't want to sp- <laughs> speculate too much. But it looks like the interim coach, which was one of the assistants, stepped in. They're doing well. They just got a series win at Nebraska. Ooh. That's big time. Nebraska. So, honestly, that's as much as you'll probably hear about baseball on this podcast. Yep. I was talking yes, baseball. Yes, sir. <laughs> Dan, when you leave to India, mm-hmm. are you going to get out of our MLB watching stint? No, I get back on the 13th, which is ah. like the first day of that series that we have to watch. What okay, games that's for. right. So, okay. so you'll be back in time. One of those one of those games I'll be back for, okay, for good. sure. All right. Oh, yeah, just a Unfortunately. quick little mention. Dan's going to India. 
What's up with that, Dan? Yeah, I'm going on a going for three weeks for some biology research. Dope. Gonna get some DNA samples, bring it back, look for some super bugs, kind of thing. Cool. <laughs> How do you like go yeah. through airport customs with like, oh, what are these vials in your suitcase, sir? Oh, they might contain like <laughs> super bugs, viruses. You know, we just went yeah. to pick them up in India. Like, how, yeah. how does that process work? That's a very good question. And we cannot take live viruses or bacteria internationally, okay. as okay. you might understand. I, yeah, probably. <laughs> kind of get that. Yeah. So we're just going to extract the DNA before we go, because you can uh, take DNA because it's not like yeah. contagious. Virulent. Yeah. Sure. So we're just doing that and taking the DNA samples back and then analyzing them in Provo. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Cool. Look at that. That's cool stuff. Yep. Well, in other women's basketball news, Paisley Harding, you might recognize that name, signed a training camp contract with the Seattle Storm. She's been practicing with the team this past week. She has been doing really well. Hopefully we can see her meet, uh, make the final roster and be the first BYU women's basketball player in the WNBA that I can honestly remember. Yeah, I don't remember anyone else. I don't remember anybody else. Either. <laughs> I'd be surprised if there was one. Yeah, but considering there's like... There's... 50 players in the WNBA at <laughs> <Yeah>. once. <laughs> yeah, not a thing. Exactly. Well, moving on to football talk, we got a we got one transfer that we have to address. Chris Jackson, you might remember him, played wide receiver for us. Yes. Transfers to Hawaii. Uh, he's making kind of a lateral downward move to Hawaii. Yeah. You know, he wasn't yeah. getting a ton of playing time. We're bringing in some wide receivers. Or, I don't know, with Gunner and Puka probably taking 80% of the targets this year. Yep, it's probably good for him to get there, yeah. to get out of that umbrella and mm-hmm. go somewhere like Hawaii where you can really put up really big numbers in an air raid offense. Yeah, their for offense sure. is made for highlighting wide receivers, run and gun. BYU fell victim to it in 2019. <laughs> yeah. um, by the way, they're getting a new stadium. Looks pretty sick. Oh, yeah, they so are. Good pretty cool. Them. I gotta go look that up. Yeah, no, it looks really cool. Yeah. Also, cool stadium, Baylor. Uh, oh, their football true. stadium is all is a already complex. right on the river, but their basketball complex is going to be right on the river too. Yeah. It's gonna have like glass walls on that side too. So that looks pretty sick. That's, That's pretty cool. Fancy. Yeah. That was that was really cool. Oh, the new Hawaii stadium. Well, actually, it's a temporary one, but it'll be the smallest in FBS. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think this is their actual new one. No, that's their temporary, <laughs> temporary little It's one. the new Aloha Stadium that they're working on. Wow. Which, it will be kind of nice. I think it will be kind of small. They'll probably still be using it for the Pro Bowl and everything like that. Right. But, you know, Sick. they're trying to discourage travel a little bit to the island. And, <laughs> really? you know, Hawaii doesn't have a huge fan base to begin with, so yeah. maybe it's better. Yeah, I would like to go to a game in Hawaii, though. Yeah, I feel you like know, that'd be cool. Watch Utah State play or something, I don't know. That would be fun. Anyway, speaking of scenic <clears throat> venues, hey, Big Game Boomer, our friend BGB recurring guest, mm-hmm. ranked LES the number one most scenic football stadium in college football. Well-deserved. I, I agree. Stadium. Yeah. Uh, and I 100% agree with this. Obviously, I haven't been to all 130 stadiums, but I don't think you can beat LES on, like... Saturday night with the sun setting and the mountains with the leaves changing color. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful backdrop. Oh, yeah. Absolute. So, BYU was number one, but the field is pretty strong as well. Because there are some great stadiums in college football. Yeah, like it was ranked Um, just ahead of the Rose Bowl, first of all. The Rose Bowl, uh, Washington, their stadium, kind of right on the river. Right on the sound. Yeah. 
Tennessee's number four. Mm. Tennessee's a beautiful stadium. Me and Justin were there. That's gorgeous. App State uh, Stadium is absolutely gorgeous, oh, yeah. surrounded by all kinds of trees that are changing colors. Now, it, it's small. It's not like grandiose inside, but the surrounding, mm-hmm. which again, like the scenery around it, absolutely oh, beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Go there in the fall. It'll take your breath away. Which we should do So I'm told. Heck yeah, we should. <laughs> uh, yeah, some less happy news. Real Salt Lake played again. Real. Yet again. Real. Um, and they were definitely reeling. <laughs> on Sunday, as they lost 6-0 to New York City FC, the Ooh. last year's winners of the MLS Cup. So, I guess you could say New York City FC really baited them and then reeled them in. Oh, that's true. That's a stretch, but I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, talking yeah. soccer. Proper football. Proper football. Let's Proper football. Moving back to actual football, American football. Jared's got some American football going on on his laptop right now. Hopefully you were able to listen to it. He's got the USFL. We're going to recap week one of the USFL. It was a good week for my team, good week for Dan's team, and it's looking to be a good week for Jared's team as well. Yeah. So what are your overall thoughts on the USFL and how the broadcast went week one? Shat! What? What? <laughs> what just had a BYU versus Utah interception bounced off of a guy's shoulder pad, went up in the air ten feet, and then they they intercepted it. Oh so no! Tampa Bay just turned the ball over on their own side of the field, so that's not good. Uh oh! But we're up seventeen to three. Okay. Wow. Ten, there's still thirteen and a half minutes left. Though, Remember, so. nine mm. points is a one score game. Exactly. <laughs> so nine points is a one score game. Don't forget it. Overall, I have been astoundingly uh, optimistic. Not, this is not the right word. What's the word like? You've been encouraged. Encouraged. That's encouraged. the word. Thank okay. you, Daniel. Yeah. Um, I've been encouraged by like the turnout for the first game. Obviously, the home team was playing, so there were a lot of fans. Yeah. But it was awesome. It was a close game. It was competitive. It was good football. Fans showed out. I love all the camera angles. I thought it was a really, really good first weekend for the USFL. Mm-hmm. Sunday didn't have a ton of attendance. Granted, it was Easter. So, like, right. yeah, it's going to happen. And it was freaking raining cats and dogs in Birmingham. Yeah. <laughs> but television and viewership over Saturday and Sunday, the average was 3 million viewers. Wow. So, not million. bad at all. That's better than the NBA. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it really sure. is. <laughs> Considering the NBA Finals got 9 million viewers last year. Yeah, the Finals. The Finals? I, I, I'll take this. <laughs> so, Dan, tell us about the New Orleans Breakers. The New Orleans Breakers got a win, uh, 23-17, I think. Yep. They ran the ball all up and down the field. Uh, it was good. I think one thing I liked about the broadcast is the drone. Mm, the yeah. drone footage, especially on kickoffs. It starts behind the kicker. It, like kind of zooms into him or speeds up as he's about to kick it. Then it goes up and goes to the other side of the field and follows the return man. It's really fun. Yeah, well, it's just so beautiful to look at. Do you guys see the, the fumble return against... Oh, my gosh. Uh, that, the, you know, the Houston Gamblers hat and the drone yeah. going behind. And it literally like sat behind... The defender that was chasing him too, so you could see him like struggling. It looked like a video time. game, honestly. It, really did. it looked awesome. like the replay on a video game when it like zooms in, like the camera zooms in. Yeah, absolutely gorgeous. What do you guys think? Apparently, the kickers are complaining that there's a microchip the size of a golf ball in the ball, and it's messing up their kicks. <laughs> Screw them. Screw the kickers. I don't care. Screw the kickers. <laughs> kickers Why are people, people kicking field goals anyway? Come on. Yeah, go for it. Easy solution. 
Use a different kicker ball. Yeah, exactly, right? Just if you like really that. want to fix it, you're going to kick put a different ball out there. So, Jared, tell us about your Tampa Bay Bandits. So, they're looking pretty good. Jordan Ta'amu, obviously very highly rated, played for Ole Miss, played for the Battlehawks in the XFL. Really good guy. Great quarterback. Started out really, really well. Started out like uh, eight of his first ten or something. Um, he's kind of come back to reality a little bit, though. He's currently leading the Tampa Bay 17-3. to over the Maulers. So he's Not obviously bad. holding in control of the game right now. He's 17 of 29 for 154, one touchdown, and now two picks with that, that boinker. That boinker. Oh, man. So it could be better. Um, Tampa Bay looks really good. They're obviously a very pass-heavy team. They have a really, really good defense, unless Pittsburgh has like a really bad offense. But they've um, created 10 negative plays so far okay. against the Maulers, which is really good, seeing as we just started the fourth quarter. Um, so I'm excited. I'm excited about our team's chances. We look we look pretty dominant. Houston Gamblers, talk about a defense, dude. Mm. Wow. Before we get to that, I, I just want to bring up one thing. Are the Pittsburgh Maulers cursed? Uh, by their jerseys? No. Okay, for, <laughs> for those of you who haven't heard the story, let me explain it. The Pittsburgh Maulers cut a player off of their team simply because he ordered pizza instead of chicken salad from room <laughs> service. So they That's cut rough. it. And the coach went on the speech that, Okay, well, his feelings getting hurt is not as good as the greater good. Is is cutting a player because they order pizza really the greater good? And are the Pittsburgh Maulers cursed because of it? I don't know. What do you guys think? Uh, I think it's a great mm. move. I think, you know, we don't want no fatties on our team. Mm? If you're not down to eat chicken salad, bye-bye. He was yeah. a running back, though. Power back. He's always a power back. Yeah. Honestly, that's kind of whack that they do that. I'm a, I'm a big pizza guy myself. I think I would do the same thing if I were him, and if that means I lose my job, then so be it. You didn't want the job anyway, then. I don't want a job like that if I can't eat pizza. It's official. Dan has cursed the Pittsburgh Maulers. (laughs) But moving back to the Houston Gamblers, they played really well. Their offense wasn't very great, but their defense played super well against the Michigan Panthers, who were projected as the second most likely to win the championship. They have a lot of star power on their team. We had something like an like an eighty-seven yard, yeah. It it was like a huge fumble return yeah. for a touchdown. It was super long. That the drone footage going going behind them. It was absolutely electric. Houston Gamblers are going to win the championship, no question about it. Uh, I personally am just really happy with the USFL, just as a whole. I yeah. think it's been doing really well. It's been really well received as far as I've heard so far. Like people were kind of laughing at it beforehand, um, but. It's just as good as the NFL. Yeah. And the first game was like almost a college game with yeah. how exciting it was. <laughs> so the second two games and now the third game are kind of like more NFL, like slower paced. Yeah. But I'm, I'm really excited about like the way it's looking, the broadcast, all the different camera angles, the count, helmet cams, by helmet the way. Helmet cams are oh gorgeous. Oh Absolutely beautiful. I think they should include that always. And I also oh. love the inside look to when refs are like discussing a play. Or when coaches are, are talking to players or talking about their strategy and stuff. I love how transparent it is. Me too. Yeah, I think one more thing about the USFL is if there was no USFL, what what would we have right now in terms of sports? <laughs> There's NBA playoffs happening. Yeah, I, I guess you could kind of watch Allegedly. that. <laughs> yeah, I watched some of it at the gym. Yeah, that's... I mean that's something, but Jazz won Game One at at Dallas, so yeah, yeah. that's true. Jazz stole. Let's go! The road. 
Sorry, just stop them up. Could happen. Fourth and goal. So. Okay, I, I thought that let's go was for the Jazz, but no, <laughs> I guess it works for both. Not but. that much excitement. The Jazz always do this. They come out the playoffs and like giving everybody hope, like it's candy, like they're Johnny Appleseed, you know, just throwing out <laughs> hope to everyone. Mm-hmm. But Ted Lasso taught us one rule: it's the hope that kills you. Okay. Even though he was very against it, but I still think <laughs> yeah. it's true. The hope yeah. does kill you. <laughs> Twisting okay. his words a bit there. <laughs> what else we got? Blech um, ball. Blech ball. Baseball. Major league boredom. Yeah, major know. league boredom. I don't know a single thing about baseball right now. I Good. think you're happier that way. Yeah, I think the USFL is kind of like taking the sting out of what we're about to talk about next. Yeah. It very much is. Because we can kind of distract ourselves and tell us like, yeah, oh, we don't have to deal with that until November. Yeah. We have other things to think about. Which speaking of, shall we sing a little song? Yep. Let's shall. Three, mm. two, one. Marriott Center is falling down, falling down, falling down. The Marriott Center is falling down. Mark Pope, what are you doing? All right, on Spotify. <laughs> yeah. What? What? Let's just give us a rundown. It's What's bad. going on? So we this week was not a good week for BYU basketball news. <laughs> no. First of all. Our beloved Chris Burgess, very popular assistant coach. A lot of people are very high on him as a coach. Great recruiter. Yeah. He, better recruiter than coach. Yeah, great recruiter. And he specialized in big men. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> More about that later. <laughs> um, Chris Burgess is no longer a coach at BYU because he took another coaching job, which was 40 miles north. Salt Lake City at the <laughs> University of Utah. Utah. I was disgusted, but then I found out he played at Utah. So I'm like, look, if yeah. I was a, a BYU player, had to work at Utah, and got the chance to go back, I'd do it in a heartbeat. Yeah, his daughter currently plays volleyball at the U as well. Mm. So oh, okay, another tie there. Don't blame him then. Don't blame him. You but, can't blame uh, him. Still, I hope your, I hope your career is great, but I hope your stay at the University of Utah is a cataclysmic failure. Yeah. I hope it's a time of adversity that you can learn a lot from. <laughs> yes. For your future. Yes. Speak to your benefit. See, I just want what's best for you. Um, so that kind of set the stage. And to kind of complete the settings, <laughs> Chris Burgess leaves after yeah. a... Can we just say, it's a, it was a bad year in BYU yeah, basketball. Definitely. Disappointing. Fifth in the WCC. <laughs> didn't make the tournament. Didn't even make it to the semifinals of the NIT. No MSG for us. No MSG. No, MSG. no consolation prize. Uh, we have three freshmen enter the portal. Chris Burgess leaves. And then the big one drops. The big two. The big two. Caleb Lohner and Gideon George put their names in the transfer portal with... Allegedly. Quote, yes, Allegedly. With, yeah. quote, no intention to return to BYU. No Also intent. allegedly. Yeah. Uh, before this, we already know that Gideon George had declared for the NBA draft. I can't remember. Did we yep. talk about that in the last episode? Yes, we did. We had, he we hasn't did. signed an agent, and so technically signed. he could have returned. He is yeah. still eligible to return. He is officially putting his name in the portal database with no intention to return to BYU. Before, last week when we talked... It was still an, a possibility for him to come to BYU. In fact, that's what we expected him to do. Right. Now we're expecting yep. to see him elsewhere this next season. Definitely not in the NBA, but somewhere <laughs> else in college. 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Two big, big losses for us. Um, we all know Caleb Loner had an up and down year. Yeah. Mostly down. Mostly down. A little bit of an up spike at the up? end. He had an up. He won a Royally. True, he did, he did win a Royally. He won a Royally. I mean, that's a career accomplishment I right there. about the Royallys. <laughs> and Gideon George was also flashy, but there's some games where he's absolutely crucial for us to get wins. Absolutely. So those, yes. are, those are losses. Those are big losses. Yeah. And that's already to add on the past transfers that Jared kind of alluded to, which is Jeremy Dowdell, Hunter Erickson, and Nate Hansen. More of you know the bench type players. Yeah. But they're also transferring. Yes. I think the worst part of it is not that Caleb Lohner and Gideon George were these huge playmakers averaging ten plus points per game, blah blah blah, right? They were each kind of just role players. The bad part about it for me is that now I look at our current roster. Fifty percent of it's gone. And it the cupboard is bare. The cupboard the, is very bare. The cupboard is bare. Looks like our college cupboards. It, exactly. Ex- Nothing but ramen noodles in there. And, and <laughs> ramen noodles. Hot sauce packet from Taco Bell. <laughs> We're not going to say who those player, who those food <laughs> items correlate to in players, but that's exactly yeah, what's going on. So I, our returning production is like zero. Yeah, What's our? What, who are returning players? So returning experience, we got Seneca Knight. He's poised to take over as the leader of this team, I think. And it seems like he's going to stay, given yes. his social media. Yeah, he's retweeted tweets. about 20 posts that he's like, now that the other players have transferred out, that this is going to be his team, that he's going to have to go hard. He's retweeted it like 20 times. So, oh yeah, Seneca Knight, we should see him in Provo next year. We got Spencer Johnson coming back. Uh, yeah, that was a good piece. Did did he win Glue Guy of the Year? Uh, no, no, Cameron Tucker, one glue guy. Yep, glue gal. Glue gal. Yeah, that's well, right. Spencer Johnson nominated nominated, nominated for a Royley. That is not a small accomplishment. We've never yeah. been nominated for Royleys. No, not yet. Uh, Trevin Nell. Uh, you know, Who okay, disappeared uh. into the black <laughs> abyss last year. Yeah, we'll need Trey more from Stewart. him. Trey Stewart and the goat. Let us not forget that we had Peora Winitana, who is yes. coming back. There we go. There we go. Didn't play a single minute. <laughs> <laughs> the goat. And then, uh, I, I like the returning experience. I mean, Fusa and Atika are probably the biggest names. Right? Oh yeah, Fusa and Atika. Yeah. I should, probably should have added those. <laughs> <laughs> two it, big guys. Two big guys. Uh, both literally and uh, metaphorically. Metaphor. That's the word. Amen. Uh, or rhetorically. rhetorically. All right. So anyway. that's our returning experience. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think Foos and Atiki are great. I think they are good. Foos is great. Foos is great. Atiki, he can be good. Atiki's raw. He's got, yeah, yes. He's very yeah, raw. He's more raw. I love that we have them because I think they could be really good in the future. Mm-hmm. They're literally our only big men. Yeah. The yeah. only two on the roster. The only two on the roster. We don't even have Caleb Lohner who's like a throw-in at five guy. <laughs> we had him at five sometimes. Is Peoro Winitani considered a big man? I don't know. He's like six I think he's three. A, yeah, I think he's four. four. <laughs> yeah, but he like played yeah, yeah. semi big. Uh, yeah. So you might be asking, we're losing all those people, but recruiting still happens every year. Yeah. Suppose who are we getting this season? <laughs> <laughs> no, we actually are getting some people. <laughs> okay. We're getting it's not that bad. Not that bad. <laughs> 
Um, we actually are getting a couple of guys. Dallin Hall is probably the headliner. Yeah. He's a 6'3 guard coming off his mission. I think all these guys are coming off missions, right? All the, yes, all of them are. Yeah, yeah. Richie Saunders and Tanner Toulson, which are both also guards, uh, both 6'5", and then 6'6", six, six, Tanner Hayhurst. <coughs> also a guard. Also a guard. Another guard. So, We're four guards. <laughs> so we still only have two big men, both going to be true sophomores, that have played basketball for <coughs> less than five years. Probably combined. Probably combined. <laughs> uh, Downhall is supposed to be really good. Yeah. Right? But, like, I mean, he's a three-star, so obviously he's yeah. good enough to get national recognition. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. But do you throw him in as a starting point guard when... I? Do you, you might have to, given our bench, but unless we pick up some transfers... <clears throat> no, I know that we are pursuing really hard a PG1 in the portal. We want Dallin Hall to come in and be a backup, a solid backup that'll play maybe 12 to... 20 minutes a game or so. Right. But, yeah, that's why we were really pursuing that top Juco guard who ended up committing to Mizzou instead. Yikes. We got a lot of other guards on our big board. Uh, hopefully we can get one that has a little bit more experience so that Dallin Hall doesn't have to come run an entire offense coming off his mission. Yeah, probably won't end well. So. And if it does end well, if it does end well he'll transfer out. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> okay, so before we get into transfers, we have a few guys to talk about there. Um, BYU basketball recruitment insider on Twitter. Ooh, Ooh. viable. Put together a tweet with the current roster after the Gideon George and Caleb Lohner news. Okay. He made a starting five and some bench players. Okay. okay. Including one deep bench player. All right. <laughs> okay. The... So we have one practice squad. Guy. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like it. Nice. Our, as of right now, our starting point guard would have to be Dallin Hall. Yikes. Freshman okay. coming off his mission. Hopefully he's not fat like I was. Shooting guard, Spencer Johnson. Okay. Okay. Another guard, Seneca Knight. Okay. Yep. I actually... See, Deece. that's not terrible. That's Those yeah. two guards, they're serviceable. Exactly. Our two big men are good. Fus- Fusini Traore and Atiki Ali Atiki. Okay. Okay. That's not uh, like the worst starting five I've ever seen. True, yeah. true. All right. Yeah. I think in that sort of a lineup, you need one of them to develop kind of a more outside shot. Yeah. Which one neither of them men. really have. But yes. I, I, I see where he's going. Now, when you go to the bench, it gets kind of ugly. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> First off, we have point guard Trey Stewart. Okay. Upside guy. He's got upside. Yeah. Played maybe five minutes total this he's, season. You know, default happiness. Yeah. yeah clothing brand. Entrepreneur. We've got Casey Brown, a shooting guard. Preferred walk-on. Preferred, okay. Yep. Tanner Toulson, one of the freshmen, another okay. guard. Trevin Nell, a senior shooting guard. We would maybe hope he could get more minutes. Hopefully yep. more production. Produce more, yeah. Next we have yet another guard in Richie Saunders. Uh-huh. And then our deep bench player is Tanner Hayhurst. Okay. Well. So, besides and- Fus and Atiki... Not a single forward or center. So they have no subs. <laughs> they have no subs. We do have one center. Adam Stewart, who just committed, who will be joining the program in 2024, if not 2025. Nice! Yes! And from this list, I actually stand connected. <laughs> I stand connected. Stand corrected. Peor Winitana did redshirt, but he is leaving on an LDS mission this year. And he will be gone from the program <laughs> for the next two years. That is so sad. Nice. Redshirt, then mission? Ouch. Dang. Oof. Um, so yeah, what do you what do you think our biggest needs are? Big after that, <laughs> uh, both in terms of physical size and 
like need on the court? I think we need a. I mean, we were talking about this. Perhaps Fardaz Amac would come here. It looks like no. he's going to Texas Tech. Um, yeah. Given all of his Twitter, those are the whispers. But we need somebody like him. Yeah. A very big, good, experienced big that can show Fusinatiki, kind of give them some pointers. You know, help them kind of round into form. Fus really kind of rounded into form a little bit. A little bit, yeah. But he could still, he still has a lot to work on, especially catching the ball in the post. <laughs> yeah, holding on to the ball. I still say they foosed it if they have brick hands. It. That's um, good. And Atiki could obviously use some, some shape. But I think maybe number one should be a big to give those two some rest and kind of uh-huh. help them round into form a little bit more. Yeah. I'm going to have to yeah. completely agree. We want... I, I think we want somebody that is taller than both Foose and yes. Atiki. Who yeah. aren't, like, super tall. No. Foose is, like, if I'm not mistaken, 6'8". At my six, most. Six, I think he's 6'6". Six, six. Six, six. Is, is Atiki the taller one? I don't Atiki one is one. taller. So Atiki I think, is, like, 6'6". Six, six, Atiki, Atiki might be 6'8". Atiki six nine. Okay, Atiki Foose is six foot nine. Six, nice. Six, I think. Foose is six six. Okay, Foose is six six. Both of those guys are extremely athletic, extremely long, and are good rim protectors, but they are not good sh- shot alterers, if that makes sense. Yeah. They, they they don't alter the second like, the second man rotating a seven footer standing there will alter a guard shot and make him push it up higher. A six six Foose. Won't do that. I mean, they'll be scared a little bit because of his shot-blocking ability. And he's good as a primary defender and as a rotational defender. It's just that he won't he won't be able to alter shots in the same way that a 6'11 guy would. So right. I would aim for a 6'10, 6'11 uh, big man. I think we need at least one more big man, too. Yes. To give more mm-hmm. rest. Just depth. It, <clears throat> purely depth. depth. We need so someone saying, to play five to eight minutes a game or something. Exactly. I think we have, what, four scholarships available right now? At least, yeah. At least. So with that, I'd want at least two bigs, bring in a point guard, and maybe a small forward shooter specialist. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So we do have a whole bunch of guards, Yeah. <laughs> but we don't know if any of them are good. <laughs> yeah. That's Utah so, basketball, right? Basketball in the state of Utah, checking up them threes? Yes. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah we definitely need experienced ball handler and a couple big men, like you guys are saying. Yeah. I think... I'd- Number two, like like you you were saying, Justin, and like you said, Dan, like a ball handler, a point guard, somebody who's not just like a point guard, like Tejan or Alex, because as much as I love them, they weren't what we needed last year. We needed a crafty guard. When I say crafty, you should imagine someone like, like obviously the epitome of craftiness is Kyrie Irving. Yeah. Oh. But you need somebody like him or like TJ Haas. Yeah, TJ Haas. TJ right? yeah. is a great example. Somebody who is crafty who can get their own shot who can confuse defenses open players up require double teams we didn't really have anybody that that did that alex you know they brought doubles just because he could shoot really well but he couldn't really dribble the lane come back out you know and tj would like do circles around the oh, big yeah. man in the paint and they're just like Ooh. yeah we need somebody like that mm-hmm. yeah don't get us wrong barcelo was in an was an elite score yes but he was not a shot creator yeah he needed to get his shot in rhythm, coming off of screens, coming off of passes. He wasn't TJ Haas-esque. Yeah, I think he was a better two-guard than he was a one-guard. I absolutely yeah, agree. I agree as well. Well, speaking of transfers, we do have three transfers that already have planned visits to BYU. 
We have, well, of course, you know, two of them are guards and one of them is a 6'5 forward. So, 6'5 forward. <laughs> but we'll definitely hear some more. You got to remember, basketball's recruiting period is just starting. Right. Oh, yeah. So, we got 6'1 senior guard from Detroit Mercy, Anton Davis. The 22nd leading score in the nation averaged 20, oh, sorry, the 22nd leading score in college basketball history. Yeah. Averaged 23.9 points per game. He's really good. He's, He's very good. I was watching some of his highlights. It's like, He's great. He's a crafty guard. 24-7 listed 16 possible schools. BYU is not one of them, but 24-7 is sometimes... 24-7 is really <laughs> accurate with football. With yes. basketball, they are whack jobs. Yeah, not so much. <laughs> we also got Rudy Williams from Coastal Carolina coming in. <laughs> another senior guard. Uh, averaged 14.7 points per game. Huh? And at six foot five, freshman forward Sean Duru-Gordon from Mizzou. Averaging 5 minutes and 3 points per game. I, I I like this list. I, Antoine Davis, if we could get him, that would be amazing. Oh, that'd be I would incredible. love that. Right, because he's just what we need. We need a crafty guard. That is him. Um, the only, like, I just, I don't like picking up senior guards or senior transfers because they're just going to be there for one year and then they're done. Like, you're, it's basically, you're just uh, postponing the inevitable, right? You're just like, yeah. I know we have to pick up a guy, a program guy, but just, we can't do it this year, so we're going to pick up another guy. And I feel like Mark Pope has done that every year, you know, because we don't have the future within us. We have to go get it. Um, now, I'm, like I said earlier, I'm not going to call for Mark Pope's head yet, but I would like to see that change, that we start to bring up players rather than just going and getting senior guards all the time. Counterpoint. Those guards are currently coming into our program for RM guards that are supposed to be really good, have Big 12 size, that need senior mentors. That is true. That is true. I will give you that. Yeah. Hopefully think, they turn out. <clears throat> I think the future, I'm just having this thought, the future of our basketball program will lie heavily on those four guards we have coming in <laughs> yes, <sir>. this year. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because, <laughs> I mean, maybe it's not ideal, but the reality is we do need to bring in a senior guard. Yeah. Or maybe a junior guard if there was one, but. Haven't heard about any that BYU is going after. No. We need a senior guard, and then we need those four players to step up next year. Yes. Yeah. Because I agree with Jared. I don't want to continue to rely on senior guard year after year. This year, our our uh, what's the word? Our hand is being forced. Yes. Yeah. You might hand say. Yeah. But yeah, so I'm I'm totally fine with it this year. Let's get the best player we can. But those four players are going to have to be good for us. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's a that's a great point. We they do need somebody to show them the ropes, to kind of help it so that their transition isn't so hard and fast. Yeah, from the mission life to Big Twelve basketball. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Another uh, look ahead to next year. Let's give you guys just a quick look at the non-conference schedule. We have games with Utah State. Uh, as as usual, mm-hmm. also Utah, UVU, um, Missouri State. We're going to get a game with. We're going to do another neutral site with Creighton. Okay, a possible in Las Vegas in Vegas this Creighton's time. In Vegas. So not in the middle of a blizzard in who um, knows Dakota, South Dakota, <laughs> South Dakota. And then we are going to play in the Battle for Atlantis tournament. Yes. Who's in the Battle for Atlantis next year? The Battle for Atlantis. Is one of the biggest like preseason ex- whatever you call them like the oh, yeah. preseason tournaments, tournaments. yeah, non-con tourneys. Uh, very good team. 
teams. Uh, Kansas. Oh, okay. Kansas will be there. Ever heard of them? Uh, Tennessee. Oh, will be there. Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Uh, like along sixteen team. Maybe. <laughs> along with other teams such as USC, uh, Dayton, um, and a couple of other teams. But those are all. Like Not quad bad one, company. two wins. Um, those are all quad one. Mostly one. Yeah, uh, and maybe a two, but yeah. All almost all of those teams were second weekend tourney teams. Yeah. Not to mention Kansas defending national champ. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> no big deal, am I right? So Mark Pope and his now shorthanded staff have their hands full this offseason. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. This offseason will define Mark Pope's career at BYU. I agree, mm. actually. Who will he hire at assistant coach? What transfers will he bring in? Will he be able to salvage this year? It all lies on the shoulders of that big, bald man. <laughs> so, whom we love. For you guys, what would define success in next year? Because it'll be our last year before we head into the Big 12. I know people want to win the West Coast Conference. I don't think no. that's realistic no. anymore. No. Yeah. Is there... Because I... Would much rather, if you had to choose one, like preparing for the Big 12 or trying to win the WCC as far as like organizing your team, right? I would much rather prepare for the Big 12, get our young guys, these four guards, experience, lots of minutes, you know, in preparation and maybe end up, you know, another three to five finish in the WCC. But that's just me. 100% agree. Yeah? I would still want to be top three in the WCC. Uh-huh. I think if anyone besides Gonzaga and St. Mary's are better than us, then it's a it's a bad year for BYU basketball. But I do agree that the bigger priority is preparing for the Big 12, playing that long game, getting development. If Mark Pope believes that the players he has you know, can develop into the players he needs in the Big 12. Mm-hmm. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see like kind of which route Mark Pope goes. Whether he mm-hmm. just guns for success now, winning every single game, or if he kind of steps back and plays the long game with more development. Right. Yeah. I mean, we're tanking right now, but you got to trust the process, right? I, that's what they say. Worked out for the 76ers, <laughs> kind of. I mean, they still haven't won in a, like, uh, still haven't won a final. <laughs> they haven't won anything, game, but. They still have Embiid. They're good now. <laughs> they're good now, at least. So, you know, I think our priorities should definitely be preparing for the Big 12. Uh, we'll see what happens. Like Dan said, I think anything less than fourth in the WCC would be would be a failure. Yeah, I I'm kind of with I'm kind of with you guys. I I would much rather have us play the long game, um, but I I realize what you guys are saying with the senior guards. You know, like just because we bring in senior guards doesn't exactly mean we're just going to play a short game. But it is to help our younger guards kind of develop before they have to go to the Big Twelve, and I like that. I think that would be a good play. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys think it is NCAA tournament or bust for this team next year? Obviously, Cougar fans are very hungry for the NCAA tournament. Just missed it this year. Kind of fell apart at the seams right before tournament time. I know I would personally love to see it, but I don't think it's a make or break for me. I think my opinion on Mark Pope and what he's done with this team will already have been decided by the time Selection Sunday comes around, whether or not we make the tournament. Yeah. Tournament or bust? I would have to go with no. Not tournament or bust. I think I would love to see us in the tournament, right, of course. Obviously. But if we use this year as a stepping stone year and don't make the tournament because of it, I won't be upset about it. 
Yeah, I might have to agree. I hesitate to <laughs> kind of lower my standards, maybe, because I, I would like to expect the tournament every year, and I think yeah, if you don't expect that, you're not you know doing good for the program in the long run. I, That's true. 1,000%. But agree. looking at the roster we have, it might be a big ask to make the tournament. Yeah. It's probably easier in the WCC. Yeah. But where I'm sitting right now, I don't have a tournament or bust attitude Yeah, yeah. about this team. I will say Mark Pope can't be considered a complete failure so far because he did do one thing for the program that has drastically changed mm. it and made it a better place. Transition. <laughs> Forcing Nick Emery out of the program to bring in Jake Toulson instead. <laughs> Nick Emery, who then went on to become an internet a whack villain. job. villain. Oh, yeah. Literal BYU villain. There is only one person on this earth that BYU and Utah fans can agree on. <laughs> and it's on Nick Emery and their hatred for him. That's so true. So we got some, we got an interesting tweet exchange, something that's good for BYU's program, I guess, I don't know, maybe, that we want to bring up. So uh, let's see, what did Nick Emery tweet? Um, yeah, so Nick Emery had quite a tweet, I have to say. If you're ever bored, need some entertainment, go on to Twitter and search up Nick Emery's account because it is something. <laughs> it's something special. Um, so he responded to the tweet that broke the news about Caleb Loner and Gideon George transferring. Uh-huh. And here's what he said. He said, What have I been saying for the last three years? And y'all think I'm crazy. With the face palm and the crying laughing emoji. Players and coaches wanting out. I knew time would tell. BYU basketball needs to reconsider. With the shrug. Nick Emery. Context, he was forced out by Pope. Pope was not a fan of Nick Emery. And is it a question why? No. Okay. And then Nick Emery ended up getting suspended anyway, so. Yeah. And also, I love how his Twitter profile is still him in a BYU jersey. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This looks like him in the Merit Center. So, Jake Toulson, the guy that ended up replacing him. The GOAT. You might under, you might remember Jake Toulson from the year that we would have won the national championship. Jake Toulson was basically our Brady Manning. He had yeah. ice of that veins. team. <laughs> he quote tweeted that and said, It's obvious that all you have ever cared about is your poor me victim narrative. If you can't stand the heat, then get out of the kitchen. Ooh. Nobody's got time for your boo-hoo baby stories. <laughs> oh! <laughs> So, Jake Toulson basically owned Nick Emery in the most clean Mormon way possible. That's true. Boo-hoo baby stories and all all this stuff. We now have P5 level alumni fights going on on the internet, which, you know, every P5 team has their alumni fights going on. So, uh, Jake Toulson literally came in from the top rope and demolished Nick Emery. So, love to see it. That was an awesome tweet. That is a great tweet. That's an all-timer. 10 out of 10. Wins the Royley for excellence in journalism. That's true. we got to remember Jake that. Toulson, you have a, a post-Royley. <laughs> the first ever award post-Royley. Post-tunus. Would you guys take Jake Toulson or Nick Emery? Like, purely mm. by skill. Because Jake Toulson, let's be honest, he was like a 3 and D guy. He literally didn't do much, no. right? No. Nick he, Emery he probably had a more complete game, but... Jake Toulson would probably just, like, whisper, like... The vaccine is not fake into his ear, and Nick Emery would implode. (laughs) Throw a punch. He would literally throw a punch. Or like, Jake Toulson would just say, 
it's possible for the Republican Party to be wrong. And Nick Emery would literally, <laughs> like, start, like... Explode? He would, yeah, he would literally turn red and explode. Like, I, don't know. Yeah. I would love to see a one-on-one between them. Yeah, no, so would I. Dude, that'd be awesome. Let's make it happen. Yeah. Fist fight? We, we, we should organize that. <laughs> Alumni-driven, alumni raise money for the school. I oh, would yeah. love to see Jake Toulson and Nick Emery in a ring with the gloves on. Oh, I was talking Whoa. basketball, but, I mean, no. a fight would be cool, too. I'm talking about a real boxing fight. <laughs> put it on BYU boxing? TV, like yeah. the alumni game. <laughs> Heck yeah, put it on BYU TV. I'm sure Russell would watch it, too. <laughs> Russ. He'd talk about it next conference. <laughs> I was reminded of this gospel principle while I watched Jake Toulson deliver a monstrous uppercut to the face of Nick Emery. <laughs> Uh, every time I hear Jake Toulson's name, I just think about the Gonzaga game, him banging threes from the yes. logo, yeah. smack talking people. Oh, oh he had like, uh, it, it makes me think of Paul Pierce for some reason, but yeah, he had like an ankle or something and he went to the locker room. Oh yeah, his ankle literally was at like a 90 degree came angle. Back, he like carried him back or something. Yep. <laughs> oh, what a guy. What, what a, a guy. guy. Yeah. Oh man. Anyway. Final thoughts on men's basketball. Obviously trending downwards right now. Not stonks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Where is your guys' like faith level? On a scale of 1 to 10, how are we feeling? Are you guys kind of like... I guess what I'm asking is, do you think Mark Pope is like freaking out because the walls are caving in? Or do you think he's kind of got a plan and he's like, look, I know we need to kind of build for the Big 12, so I just need to kind of clean house right now see who's committed, see who's not, and and get started preparing for the Big 12 because the team we have right now, not going to cut it. Um, I think that is the best case scenario. That Mark Pope has a plan and he's just resetting things. He's taking that, whatever drink they give you before a colonoscopy. You know that stuff? <laughs> the rocket fuel, the, yeah, whatever rocket, it is. Rocket fuel. Right okay. I hope that's what's happening. <laughs> If not, we definitely have some things to be worrying about. <laughs> if you know, two of our best returning players are leaving, our coach is leaving. But yes. two of our only returning yeah. players. I'm a perennial optimist, and I will not be worried until... Well, it's not exactly true, but I will not be worried until <laughs> the very second where we lose our last game and we've gone 10 and 20 or something. <laughs> but we'll just have to see. I have no judgments at this time. Okay. I am going to respectfully abstain. Because, okay. remember, basketball season, college basketball season does not exist after March Madness and does not start again until after college football season. Until after New Year's. So I will not <laughs> yeah. give this an inkling of thought until, not an inkling. until college football season is over. Justin's happiness meter just went up like eight points yeah. yep. after dropping the... Not going to worry about BYU basketball. I got a beautiful BYU football season ahead of me. I got the USFL going on. Why do I have to worry about the nonsense going on in the Marriott Center? I like both of you guys' takes. Just kind of like bury it and just hope start. it just kind of solves itself by New Year's. Bury it and hope it goes away. Yes. Yes. It's if I was... Happiness. <laughs> Bury all your emotions, everyone. Um, this guy named Nothing Steve. Real. This guy named Steve Pierce on Twitter was talking about how Gideon George and Caleb Loner were mostly baked. Blah blah blah. And to stop panicking, 
If it was basketball season, I would slam the panic button right now. Yeah. However, yes. I'm going to do exactly what you guys are doing. I'm opening the the safe in the cupboard. I'm shoveling BYU basketball in there. Yep. I'm locking it, burying it, setting a fire on it, and moving to Alaska. <laughs> okay. We'll come back and revisit this when it is basketball season. Okay. Any any other closing thoughts? We hope there's good news in the future. Yeah. Well, Dan, we, we hope you have a lot of fun in India. We, we've prepared a little song for you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Are you ready? Three, two, one. God be with you till we meet Because it's over and you're so happy. <laughs> no comment. Am I crying? <laughs> okay, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Royal Strong and True Podcast. If you made it this far in, make sure you comment Lego Warrior on our next <laughs> on our latest Instagram post. I'm looking at a yes. Harry Potter Lego set right now, so comment <laughs> Lego Warrior on our latest Instagram post. Make sure you follow us on Instagram and Twitter at loyal to Royal Pod. Leave a review for the episode, preferably five stars. Share it with your friends. Download. Thanks for listening. We love you guys. Yeah. Uh, Bandits just won 17-3. Best team in the league. All right. Let's We're go. undefeated, baby. Let's go. We're undefeated. Game Royal Strong and True Podcast is undefeated. 3-0. and oh. All right. Love you guys. Thank you. <laughs>